is going on everybody welcome in to another edition of the daily energy news beat stand up here on this gorgeous monday november 13th 2023 as always i'm your humble correspondent michael tanner coming to you from an undisclosed location here in dallas texas joined by the executive producer of the show the purveyor of the show and the director publisher of the world's greatest website energynewsbeat.com Stuart turley my man how we doing today it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood up here in bear country it's beautiful Absolutely. No, I'm glad you you made it up there. You're staying safe away from any possible uh, craziness, which is awesome. Um, But you still managed to line up an absolutely banger of a show. I've got some titles here to read off, Stu. First one, explainer. Iran is expanding oil trade with its top buyer, China, in a move nobody really saw coming. Um, It's, it's a joke. I think we, we figured China would go to these lengths to to buy as much crude oil as possible. So Stu will dive into what's going on with the new Iranian-Chinese trade. Next up, Alaskan judge sides with ConocoPhillips on a new $7.5 billion oil project. Total Energies nears deal to buy Texas gas power plants. Interesting. We made a lot of fun of them over the years. Um, and it's interesting and, in my opinion, not a bad move to go ahead and move into the Texas gas market. Stu will cover it. Next up, oil and gas, quote, not the problem for climate change, says UK's net zero minister. Interesting. Has he seen the light? We will cover all that. Um, And finally, coming soon, more oil, gas, and coal. Interesting. This is actually out of a New York Times article, which is pretty funny to see. So Stu Stu will cover cover what one of our favorite newspapers is talking about. He'll then toss it over to me. I'll quickly cover what happened on Friday when it comes to oil and gas finance. We did see rig counts come out, so I'll I'll quickly opine on that. Then we'll let you guys get out on here and start your Monday. Before we do that, guys, again, as always, the news and analysis you're about to hear is brought to you by the world's greatest website, www.energynewsbeat.com, the best place for all your energy news. Um, you can check us out. You can email the show, dashboard energy news or questions at energynewsbeat.com. You can check out our news data platform, um, dashboard.energynewsbeat.com. Appreciate everything that the, the, the team does. They do a great job of making sure that the, the show is up to speed with everything that we need to know in terms of uh, the descriptions. You can check out the links below. Everything needs to be there. Links below. I'm out of breath though, Stu. Where do you want to begin? Hey, let's start with our buddies over there in uh, Iran. Uh, the title of the, that one is Iran's Expanding Oil Trade with Top Buyer China. Michael, uh, this one has got some stats in it that I didn't know. And mm-hmm. uh, the existing s- sanctions we know the Bidens have not you know, they've not, they've not enforced them. How much Iranian oil is China buying is a huge thing. Tehran's October output edged up to 3.17 million barrels per day. That's nuts. When Trump was in power, it was less than 500,000. Now that, um, you know, the Bidens have ignored it and uh, just no saying no enforcement for you 3.17 and china's imports are 1.45 million barrels per day from iran that's nuts yeah it's a little bit it's a little bit less now here's how does iranian oil enter china michael 
Stu's Dark Fleet lives, mm-hmm. except for two cargoes, December 2021 and January 22, China's customs has not recorded any direct imports from Iran since December 2020. Dun, dun, dun. If anybody wanted to ask about how important Stu's Dark Fleet is, there you go. Well, no, and, and, and that is what, Again, you've been you've been on this for years now, so don't hurt yourself patting yourself on the back. But <laughs> it, 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 it really comes down to measuring the EIA and the IEA aren't looking at the dark fleet. So when they go and talk to you about demand forecast estimates or, oh, something's new data is dropping here that we need to cover. What they're lacking, lacking is an understanding of exactly what this article is talking about, except for two cargoes. China's customs has not recorded direct imports from Iran since December 2020. Of course not. Oh, yeah. So, you know, the the dark fleet and and it's why I think the uh, energy news beat is such a great uh, uh, website and resource is because if you look at all of the sources across the world, you can't just go with one source. You can't listen to the IEA or the EIA or even Biden or Republicans. You can't listen to any. You know, you got to have multiple sources. Let's go to the Alaska one. This was a pretty good story, Michael. Um, This is the Willow Project. Alaska Mm -hmm. judge sides with ConocoPhillips on the new $7.5 billion uh, oil project. When you sit back, the ruling ruling by Alaska-based U.S. District Judge uh, Sharon Gleason means that ConocoPhillips can continue developing the Willow Project. It should bring up, Michael, to 180,000 barrels per day, which is very much needed. One of the big issues was the interior departments and the lawsuit. Now, I wanted to dress up. Can you imagine being an attorney and dressing up in the, the... in front of the judge as uh, was it who was the honeymooner Jackie Gleason? If you showed up as Jackie Gleason in the courtroom, wouldn't that be a hoot? Maybe maybe this is her his granddaughter. You know, I don't know. But anyway, Gleason, let me read this part. Uh, uh, Judge Gleason brushed apart those assertions Thursday, saying the Fish and Wildlife Service's decisions, including its conclusion that the Willow-related work was unlikely to injure non-denying polar bears, was reasoned and within the bounds of law. They have gone through study after study after study, and they have... and, you know, Michael, the indigenous, uh, the beloved uh, Eskimos and the tribes up there want this. It's not like it's, you know, the wind farms on the East Coast with the whales blowing up, uh, killing all the whales that you like to do. This is very ecologically and friendly. It doesn't Alaska like kind of super silently. They don't brag about this, but they have some form of universal basic income, not just not 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 just written to law, but it comes from the royalties that oil and gas production makes. So they do. that's what's hilarious is this one hundred and eighty thousand barrels a day could be worth maybe another five hundred bucks a month in the pockets of Alaska. So everybody in Alaska wants this. Remember, the reason why they're suing is because they thought it violated the, the conservationists thought it violated the NEPA Act, which is the National Environmental Protection Act, which sort of governs all large projects. If you work in the mining business, you're familiar with these huge 600 page NEPA reviews that you have to go through, you know, over oh. the course of five years to do exactly what this is. 
considered any environmental externality. And I think what this judge did is say that this, you know, Judge Gleason, thank you very much, said you the, the NEPA review that was done clearly defined and and accounted for the many externalities that are going to come with this project, include the fish and wildlife, um, as as was sort of at the heart of this film, but also specifically talking about the climate um, related emissions. And I think it's funny that he he sort of brushed those uh, brushed those off to the side and said, well, that's, you know, a, a blow to scope two and scope three emissions, which is really nice. Oh, yeah. Hey, maybe Judge Gleason can uh, transfer down and work on uh, Elon's uh, on the Starship thing. Uh, we need named him some help down there. Hey, let's go on to, to Total. Uh, Total nears deal. This is a really funny one uh, to buy Texas gas power plants. Michael, how much power plants are they going to buy? Uh, this to me is amazing. Total Energy, as we say here in Texas, uh, is nearing a deal to buy a fleet of natural gas powered plants as it looks to expand the 2.3 gigawatt portfolio is enough to be um, half a million homes on the hottest days. And it is much as a nuclear, two nuclear reactors. That's nuts. It it's is. pretty cool. Now, yeah. here's here's why this one is really uh, important, Michael. Uh, the gas plants, uh, A, Total, what, two years ago, when they were making the big 90-degree uh, turn to renewables only, they were going to get rid of their oil and gas. The U.S., Chevron, Exxon, and ConocoPhillips, and everybody else that stayed their course and did both, and we see what Oxy has done. Now, Shell and BP and Total are going back to their uh, roots. And this, to me, was significant, Michael. I mean, this is a huge implication for the European oil company. Yeah, no. I mean, to, to think that Total is now jumping back into the U.S. gas business is, is pretty hilarious considering their recent pivots with and recent losses, really, when it comes to wind farms. So good to see them get back in there. And I mean, it's the type of dispatchable energy that we need. So I'm all about it. Love this move. Oh, it is. And when you go back in here, Texas, uh, also Texas leads the world in in transitions, in good transitions. They've also been acquiring gas fired plants in Belgium, France, Spain, about another four billion that they're investing in. Uh, so anyway, I think they're doing great. Hey, let's go to the next one here. We're going to fly over to the UK now. Oil and gas, not the problem for climate, says the UK's net zero minister. This is pretty amazing. This falls on the, the grounds of the prime minister, the, the head Cabano. What was it a month ago when he said he's going to delay the transition to EVs? And then pow, 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 all these heads were going nuts. Yep. And then that started the whole that, that that to me was one of the, I think the catalyst. Everybody was realizing it. Now, mm -hmm. this guy, uh, Graham Stewart, uh, I like his name. Uh, Graham Stewart uh, said fossil fuel production was not driving climate change, but demand for fossil fuel was. Huh. Uh, oil and gas are not the problem, but the carbon emission arising from them are. Now, this guy uh, is, I, I thought it was okay. It's a play of words. If you really care about climate change, the last country you need to worry about is the UK. We're not the problem. It's encouraging others. Here's the thing. 
it's the hypocrisy that this brings out. And that is everybody, uh, all of the climate protesters that are out there, uh, I would love to see them not film themselves using their iPhones that require oil and gas in order to produce those things. So what are they going to use? Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's, it would be pretty hard to protest oil and gas without using any products that come from oil and gas. So, you know, you basically stand out there naked and, and get a wave around a tree branch. I don't know, but it would be pretty funny. Uh, 80 countries call for the phase out at uh, COP27. Now, they're trying to make the same demand at COP28 in a couple of weeks in Dubai. I can't wait for the circus in a couple of weeks at COP28. I mean, you got the minister, you got uh, everybody from Dubai coming in there. You got everybody from Saudi Arabia. Uh, and I know that Kerry's going to go in there and nobody's going to want to talk to him because the U.S. has lost so much global prestige. So anyway, let's go to our last story here. I just coming more oil, gas and coal. Um, United Nations back report plants an alarming picture of how dramatic coal, oil and gas production is expected to grow in the coming years. This one is absolutely got some numbers in it. Uh, they're doubling down on the fossil fuel because, uh, Michael, for the political leaders around the world, they're realizing that the high cost of energy could cost them being voted out of office and voted off of mm -hmm. the island. So uh, Brazil, President Lund has has vowed to uh, prove once again that it's possible to generate wealth without destroying the environment. Brazil used to be one of the, the most wealthy countries in the world until socialism hit. India is looking at double its production of coal. They're needing, I applaud the Indian leadership for trying to electrify everybody. Let's get everybody at power first and and then do it in a clean way. If the U.S. was smart, Michael, we've talked about this before. Why don't we sell India clean coal burning technology to bring this in so that coal would not be as as harmful for them? Canada is now on track to boost its oil output by 25% in the next 12 years. Uh, Norway has phased out most of the fossil fuel, but mm -hmm. they export their hydro and everything else. Now they're investing in natural gas. Uh, this was a great quote. It's looking really dire, said N Nicholas Hagelberg, the UN Environmental Program Global Coordinator for Climate Change. We're really on life support here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, get the mice out and clear. So. I do find it funny, COP28 being in Dubai. There's, There's got to be some sense of, of, of irony when it comes to that. Oh, and it's just going to be a hoot, an absolute ever-loving hoot, dude. You can't buy this kind of entertainment. I've never seen this energy transition hit a brick wall. I, I never thought I'd see it, and it's about time. Sustainable means you can't print money. And we've hit the end of the printing press. Yeah, no, we really have. So you got anything else? Nah, it was a fun day. 
No, it is a long weekend. Appreciate you you staying up to speed with everything. We'll quickly come over um, and talk a little bit about what happened um, in the oil and gas finance side. Um, prices actually rose a little bit um, on Friday, mainly due to the fact that um, Iraq has sort of come in and said, hey, we're going to try to attempt to cut more. We, we did cover the whole dark fleet aspect. It doesn't really matter. Um, what happens with there? So I think that's, you know, as again, Reuters is probably reaching for straws here again. I think we're, we're in, in, in multiple different, um, camps here when it comes to what's driving prices down. I think the fact that we, what we saw the bump, the, 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 you know, every, anytime there's some sort of international conflict, you're going to see prices rise in the short term, if only due to the fact that there's an unnecessary or unwillingness to, to know, really know where the oil and demand supply will uh, go based on that outcome. I think now that the Strait of Hormuz is pretty much off the table. I don't think anybody thinks that's going that's going anywhere unless Iran decides to really go nuclear. And I say that you know, not laughing because of that, that would be a nuclear move one way or the other. That's really where you'll probably see prices rise. But I think as, as prices have fallen, I think that five to ten dollar buffer that we had for um the conflict that's going on right now in the Middle East um, clearly has sort of slipped away. I think I think you've seen a little bit of a reversion back to the mean. You know, we did see rig counts too that dropped um, on Friday, and again, I found it interesting. You know, mainly from the fact that prices again fall fell last week, but these rig count decisions don't get made, and these rig decisions don't get made over a week. We lost two again. We're down to two, uh, uh, 616 total. And that week ends November 10th. That's how they cut it off. T- Canada did see an increase in about three rigs. Um, internationally, you saw about 22 rigs. But but here at home, rigs are getting cut in the era of, and there's a reason why mergers are happening instead of investment into drilling. It's because the amount of tier one acreage is shrinking. And so why would you drill up tier two acreage when you have to just go overpay or pay at market for tier one? It's again, the decision that ExxonMobil made when they went out and bought Pioneer. It wasn't a decision, you know. It, it was a, a numerous, it was a lot of different points that went into it, but that's definitely one of the reasons where it's why you're continuing to see rigs drop, even though everybody talks about consolidation. Why? Well, because then you just increase your likelihood of finding a tier one rock that you're able to make profitable. Because trust me, you know, 80, 85, even $90, that's how you get your tier two, tier three acreage profitable. So I think it's, again, it's interesting. Rigs continue to fall. Um, as always, um, we'll continue covering it. But um, it was pretty quiet this weekend, Stu. We finished up our earnings report. I think really we're in the quiet before the storm before I think a host of of, of deals happen. I think there's a lot. I, I was I was this weekend, I heard some pretty crazy stuff, um, oh, some potential things that could happen bet- between some big name players that we've actually um, been covering here. I think there's a lot of potential deals in the works as, as things become more substantiated. I'm sure they'll leak out, but I, I think we're in a little bit of a calm before the storm after earnings fi- finished up. And I think you'll see a host of deals happen, not right before Christmas. I think probably in that couple weeks proceed or following the new year after everybody lines it up this holiday, Stu. But uh, what do you think people should be worried about this week? Well, I... I'm looking forward to our new series coming around the corner, dude, because of the M&A activity that's yep. out there and a lot of money coming in. Uh, we talked about Moody's a little bit as well pre-show and, you know, with the downgrade of the uh, U.S. as because we printed so much money. Oh boy, investors are flat trying to figure out where to put their money. And I, I think I can't wait to see you tear apart deal of the, you know, it's going to be uh, focus deal of the week or however we have this thing roll out. It's going to be phenomenal. It's going to be fun. You can look for that segment to drop here and, and, and we'll get one at least drop before the new year. Um, but really, we're going to hit it hard in 2024, guys. But with that, we're going to let you get out of here. Get back to work. Start your day. Stay strong, guys. Hopefully, you only have a few meetings that suck. You'll be able to claw through them. And uh, you, you'll get to the end of the day. And then it's going to be Tuesday, and you'll be fine. So, for Stuart Turley, I'm Michael Tanner. We'll see you tomorrow, folks. 